It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Rafe, and wonderful band, and wonderful deaf interpreters and signers. We're so grateful for all of you, and I'm grateful for all of you being here today on a holiday weekend. And uh, I don't even know really why I need to preach, because that music just told the whole story of our scripture today. But if you'll bear with me, I'll try to um, have a message that goes along with the music, okay? (laughs) Um, So I want to ask you the question, have you ever been lost? We just saw in our children's sermon, Sarah telling a story about how she got lost. And I was going to start off by telling a story about how I got lost once. So be thinking about maybe some ways that you've gotten lost. And I mean in the dictionary sense, not lost spiritually, but just have you ever been in a place that you had no idea where you were and where to go? I know I've been there. Uh, The first time I remember was when I was about five years old. And I was in kindergarten. Now, we lived in a small town. Uh, I was the oldest of six kids, and there were three sisters younger than me when I was five. So uh, my parents were not worried about me as much as they were the little ones. And my mom had walked me to kindergarten my first day. It was on the same street as our house. And I remember her telling me, now when you come out, just walk down the street and our house will be there. And I remember it seemed real easy when she first dropped me off. But then when I got out of my day of kindergarten, I was already a little overwhelmed with all that. And I remember walking out of that school, taking a look to the left, taking a look to the right, and having absolutely no idea which one of the ways was to our house. <laughs> and uh, if you've ever been there, I, I, I bet some of you have, either as children or now. <laughs> um, you know, it's just terrifying. It's just, and I remember my little five-year-old heart just beating so fast. What's funny is I get lost all the time now, but at least I have a GPS and a cell phone and I can call people. So, <laughs> And I have no idea how I got home that day, but I know I did. So with that idea... Um, of what it feels like to be lost. I want us to look at our scripture today because we're talking about a little lost sheep. And this is the beginning of a new sermon series called Finding Our Place in God's Story. So as we read our scripture today, I invite you to consider where you might find yourself in this story, maybe more than one place. So uh, let us read our scripture. It comes from Luke 15, Verses 1 through 7, I'm reading from the message, which is a paraphrase, which I like to use a lot of times, especially if we're doing a very familiar um, scripture. It kind of just gives us a little bit of a more modern feel to it. So here we go. By this time, a lot of men and women of questionable reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. The Pharisees and the religion scholars were not pleased, not at all pleased. They growled. He takes in sinners and eats meals with them, treating them like old friends. Their grumbling triggered a story from Jesus. Jesus said, suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and you lost one. Wouldn't you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the lost one until you found it? When found, you can be sure you would put that lamb across your shoulders rejoicing. And when you got home, call in your friends and neighbors saying, celebrate with me, I found my lost sheep. Count on it, there's more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over 99 good people 
in need of rescue. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, wasn't Jesus a great storyteller? He didn't just respond to the Pharisees with, hey, you know, these guys are lost. I need to take care of them. I need to rescue them. Instead, he told a parable that would stay with them much longer than any response he may have made to their criticism. This is how Jesus taught. Many times he would be asked a difficult question and he chose to answer with a story. As Jesus tells these stories, he invites the listeners then and now to find our place in the story. Jesus likes to make us think and make us feel and apply these stories to our own lives. So in this series, we will hear stories that Jesus tells and we will be invited to find our place in the story of God. So when you hear this story, the story of the lost sheep, where do you see yourself? Are you now or have you ever been a lost sheep? This story appears in Luke as a part of three parables called the Trilogy of Redemption for all the Bible nerds out there. Uh, The other two stories involve a lost object, which was a coin, and a lost person, which we know as the prodigal son. Now, going back to the sheep, I found a wonderful website called Sheep 101. I kid you not. (laughs) And uh, sheep are mentioned in the Bible more than 500 times, more than any other animal. Sheep are used throughout the Bible to symbolically refer to God's people. Here's just a few examples. In Psalm 7913 and other Psalms, we are referred to as the sheep of God's pasture. In Jeremiah 50, verse 6, God calls us lost sheep who have been led astray by bad shepherds. In Jeremiah, no, I'm sorry, in Ezekiel 34, 6, God's people are compared to scattered sheep. And Isaiah 53, 6 says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Now, can you relate to that? I know I can. Jesus doesn't tell us much about the sheep in this story. So as we're thinking about it, if it might relate to us, we can think maybe it was an older sheep who wandered from the flock because it was a little slow. (laughs) Or maybe it was a middle-aged sheep who was having some kind of midlife crisis. Or maybe the sheep was being bullied by the other sheep because he or she was a little bit different and they didn't fit into the herd mentality. Or maybe it was just an innocent little lamb who hadn't quite learned the rules of the herd. The listeners of Jesus' story would have been totally familiar with sheep. We modern-day listeners, not so much. So let me give you a little from that Sheep 101. Sheep tend to wander off. They need to be led to food. They have no innate protection mechanism. In fact, sheep are so defenseless that when they fall on their backs, they literally cannot get back up without help. I can identify with that. (laughs) There's even a name for it when a sheep falls over and can't get up. It's called casting. So maybe that was the case of the lost sheep. Maybe it had fallen on its back and couldn't get back up until the shepherd came to rescue it. Can you identify, have you ever been cast? Have you ever felt like a sheep on its back? I know I have. Like my kindergarten story, it's a feeling of terror. The reason God's people in the Bible are referred to as sheep is because they are dependent creatures. They need help to survive. They literally cannot live without help. And so do we. 
We are like sheep. We are dependent creatures and we can go astray. The important thing to realize is that we are prone to wander and be lost. Once we realize it, we can deal with it. The old hymn puts it this way, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. I know we all can identify with that sometimes. But now here's a really interesting point about this story. I almost missed it. But there are two sets of lost sheep in this story. Do you see it? I always read this scripture thinking that since the Pharisees were criticizing Jesus for hanging out with sinners, that the sinners, or the lost sheep, were the people that are referred to as being of questionable repute. But what about the Pharisees, the super religious people? Amen. (laughs) The scripture tells us that the people of questionable repute were hanging around Jesus and listening, listening intently and wanting to be with, with him. But the Pharisees were condemning him. So which group was Jesus referring to as being lost? Interesting question. Were not the Pharisees the most lost of all? I think it's much easier for us to see ourselves um, as the ones that the Pharisees called the sinners, but it's a little harder to realize if we start to slip into that sin of self-righteousness and thus become another kind of lost sheep. I confess, I have done that. Rick Warren has a quote that we often use in recovery, that there are two kinds of people in this world, those who are broken and know it, and those who are broken and don't know it. (laughs) The point is, we're all lost sheep. But the good news is, we do have a shepherd that we can trust, just like sheep can trust their good shepherd. And God not only cares about us, as we've heard in our wonderful music this morning, God pursues us with that reckless love. Uh, When we're lost, God wants to find us. God wants a relationship with us. In the same way that God chose ancient Israel in the past to be God's people, God calls each of us individually by name and invites us to follow. In John 10, 3-5, speaking of himself as the good shepherd, Jesus says, The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I heard a story once about a man who was visiting the Middle East And he was observing several groups of shepherds and their flocks there. And there came up a storm, and all the shepherds gathered their flocks into a little cave together to spend the night out of the rain. And the man who was visiting uh, wondered, how in the world are they going to sort all those sheep out in the morning? And he found out it wasn't any big deal at all. Each shepherd just went out, stood in a certain place, and called his sheep. And all the shepherd that belonged to each individual all the sheep went to the shepherd they belonged to. And I thought, wow, it's like that with us too. Um, God wants us to follow, never forces us. The sheep are known by the shepherd and we're called out by name. So let's remember our good shepherd pursues us, rescues us, and calls us into an intimate relationship with him. We once were lost, but now we're found. Hopefully we can say that with the wonderful hymn, Amen. <laughs> the British poet Francis Thomas Thompson, I'm sorry, wrote a powerful poem called The Hound of Heaven. It talks about how God pursues the human soul. 
Now, Francis Thomas was born in England in 1859. His father was a doctor, and Francis himself started going to medical school, but he dropped out. He became a, an opium addict, and he slept by the river. He lived as a beggar, and he contemplated suicide. But then he was taken in by a loving family, and his life was transformed. So here's a portion of that famous poem he wrote. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinthine ways of my own mind. And in the mist of tears, I hid from him. Those strong feet followed, followed after, but with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace. That's our God. Like a bloodhound on a trail, he never gives up on us, always is with us, and is just waiting for us to accept him into our lives. Ezekiel 34, 11 to 16 reads, God the master says, from now on, I myself am the shepherd. I'm going looking for them. As shepherds go after their flocks when they get scattered, I'm going after my sheep. I'll rescue them from all the places they've been scattered to in the storms. I'll lead them so they feed in the rich pastures. And I myself will be the shepherd of the sheep. I myself will make sure they get plenty of rest. I'll go after the lost, I'll collect the strays, I'll doctor the injured, I'll build up the weak ones, and oversee the strong ones so they're not exploited. Amen. The Bible describes close relationships between shepherds and their sheep. Sheep, like other animals, can instantly recognize the voice of a familiar, trusted person. You might think about your dog or cat at home, right? <laughs> That's a little more familiar to us than the sheep. But just like dogs and cats and domesticated pets today, uh, sheep learn to recognize their shepherd's voice and trust that person. So let's recap. We are like sheep. We are dependent creatures who can go astray. We are prone to wander. But God, our good shepherd, pursues us rescues us and calls us into an intimate relationship with him. But once again, that's not the end of the story of the lost sheep. When we are lost and found in this life, our good shepherd takes us home and celebrates over us. But in addition to that, we are also given eternal life. Jesus says when the shepherd finds that lost sheep, he puts it across his shoulders rejoicing and takes it home. Then he calls in his friends and neighbors saying, celebrate with me, I found my lost sheep. Jesus goes on to say, count on it. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over 99 good people in no need of rescue. I love the idea of Jesus celebrating over us. Not just the good people, but also those of us who have wandered and come home. So back to the question I asked in the beginning. Where do you see yourself in this story? Are you one of the 99 sheep who have already belonged to the shepherd and been faithful all of your life? Are you the lost sheep who was of questionable repute but now has come home? Or are you in the herd of religious folks who don't even realize they're lost? 
Wherever we find ourselves, let's be aware that we are part of God's story. God wants to be in a close relationship with us and to eventually take us home like the shepherd takes the lost sheep home. You know what's funny is um, I had written this sermon out and then this morning I listened to Stan preach in the 815 traditional service and I listened to Andy preach in the Thrive service at 930 and I was just interested to see how they would deal with this same scripture and they pulled out something that I had kind of missed so I'm going to throw it in right now. <laughs> and that is that once we are found, once we're in that pasture fold of being in the 99 or, or now I guess it's 100 with the lost sheep restored, it also becomes our job to become shepherds to others and to find those lost sheep out there. So you might just think, who are some lost people I know in my own life that maybe I can help the good shepherd bring back into the fold? Something for us to think about. So now I'd like to, you to see a picture that I found this week that I really like. You know, there's lots of pictures of Jesus holding a sheep over his shoulders. But I found this one, and I just particularly liked it. I thought it was really cool. I guess maybe because it's a black sheep, and we usually see the white sheep. And some of us have been called black sheep, right? <laughs> uh, which is, I hope that's not racially charged at all, but I just think we all have times that um, maybe we've been kicked out of our families or somebody has rejected us. So I, I love the idea of Jesus with this little black sheep. Um, so I read up on that a little bit too. Why are there so many pictures of Jesus holding the sheep and why are they held that way? And this back to Sheep 101, um, there used to be a story going around and was used in a lot of sermons that when a sheep wandered off too much, the shepherd would break its leg and then carry it over his shoulders because its leg was broken and that would teach it not to wander off. But in Sheep 101, it said that's not true. That's, that doesn't happen. No shepherd would do that. Um, it would be cruel and impractical. So the worst thing, I think, is if we start doing that, if we start giving it a broken leg story to go with it, because the parable of the lost sheep is all about God's unconditional love. It's not about punishment. It's told in response to the Pharisees criticizing people who sinned. So it's certainly not meant to, to have anything to do about punishment. God's shepherding is about a peaceful relationship of trust and love based on God's gentleness towards us. When he carries us, he talks to us. We hear his voice all the time comforting us. The Lord wants us to get closer. He knows that we are lost. He knows that we need love and assurance. And when he carries each of us on his shoulders, we feel his love. Like I felt at age five when I finally got home after my traumatic first day of kindergarten. There's a wonderful little book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. This real-life shepherd author goes through the beloved 23rd Psalm verse by verse and relates it to real-life shepherding. Regarding that last line in the psalm that says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, the shepherd writes, it must be kept in mind always that the psalmist writing from the standpoint of a sheep is reflecting on and recounting the full round of the year's activities for his flock. During all seasons of the year, with their hazards, dangers, and disturbances, it is the shepherd's care 
that has brought the sheep through satisfactorily. It is with a sublime feeling of both composure and contentment that this statement, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, is made. And house refers to being in the presence of the Lord forever. In our Christian lives and experience, precisely the same idea and principle applies. For when all is said and done on the subject of a successful Christian walk, it can be summed up in one sentence, live ever aware of God's presence. God attends us with care and concern because we belong to him. And this will continue through eternity. What an assurance. So as we conclude this message, I'd like you to meditate on this picture. Would you put that up again, please? The picture of Christ carrying the lamb on his shoulders. And to imagine yourself being carried this way in your Christian walk, the way a good shepherd carries a beloved sheep. And while you continue to meditate on this picture, I'd like to read the familiar 23rd Psalm and invite you to say it with me if you know it. Let's claim this for our, our reality today, the story of the Psalm of David, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.